He's at home here. Amen. He's right at home. So let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit this morning. God bless him. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Well, that was a tremendous presentation. Words fitly spoken to give honor and tribute to mothers. A special shout out. We salute all the mothers here today. And uh, we wouldn't be here without mothers. I mean to love and appreciate your mother. Some are living, some have gone on this walk of life, but we love and appreciate our mothers. My wife and I are honored to be here today on this Mother's Day, and I've already been tremendously blessed by being in this service. David said it's good and pleasant for brethren. One preacher said sistering as well, to dwell together in unity. Don't you feel a camaraderie, a unity, a togetherness, a closeness? among the people of God. Why don't we just give praise for that right now? That we can congregate without dissension, without division, without backbiting, without resentment, without distrust, but in a spirit of unity. There is nothing, no ploy, no strategy, no enemy, no weapon that has ever been able to undermine and sabotage God's plan and purpose when unity is in place. We're going to turn to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter. And we're going to read a few verses of scripture and lift a thought. Today on this Sunday morning, I know that I'm standing between you and lunch. And, uh, but first things first, right? There's some spiritual manna that's falling in this house. The Lord, give me this message as very, very short time ago. I've never preached it. And I'm going to try it out on you folks today. Well, it's the word of the Lord. And I really felt that I needed to preach this message today. I'm not going to save it for next week or sometime in the future. But in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. You'll notice in verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm 
no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. God kind of got a revelation. It really wouldn't be a celebration without food, would it? Without something to eat. Verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. At some point in this message today, I will announce my subject. I'm going to let you be seated. Everybody say, God bless his word. A few years ago, there was an article in which a man gave his idea of a perfect, perfect world. We all have our own ideas and perceptions of what would be considered a perfect world. But in his article, he writes, A perfect world, in a perfect world, you would feel good at 60, just as good at 60 as you did at 17. And you would be as smart at 60 as you thought you were at 17. In a perfect world, potato chips would have calories. But if eaten with dip, the calories would be neutralized. Amen? Now, I'm not a potato chip guy, but all you potato chip eaters out there, take heart that in a perfect world, if you use some dip, calories would be eliminated, would be neutralized. In a perfect world, he said the check in the mail would always come early and be far more than you expected. However, the truth is today, this is not a perfect world. And it never will be. It would be great if a utopia did exist. But it doesn't exist. Only in one's imagination. In one's fantasy. But in reality, there is no utopia. If we were to spiritualize it, let me preach it this way. In a perfect church world, everyone who started out right would end right. Everyone who started out living for God would finish the race in victory and in triumph. But we know that's not always the case because we all know people, in fact, family members who started out right but ended wrong. They started out, I believe, in a blaze of Holy Ghost glory, started out on fire for God. Started out, I believe, with very much potential and so much promise only to fizzle and fade and suffer spiritual shipwreck. They started out with so much opportunity. One would think they're headed for spiritual greatness, but we've watched many of them falter. In fact, the scripture says you did run well, meaning past tense. But something hindered. It's those who have traded the right for the wrong. It's Demas who started out right. If any young man had promise and potential, 
If anyone seemed to be headed for spiritual prominence, prestige, and unbelievable success, it was the man Demas. Paul called him a co-worker. He traveled with Paul, preaching the gospel, planting churches. Nothing more valuable, nothing more fulfilling than what Demas was doing for the kingdom of God. He started well in ministry. And no doubt, I have to believe, he made a valuable contribution to the kingdom of God over and over again. What are you saying? He started right, but he ended wrong. Paul said, he has forsaken me. Why? Because he loves this present world. His walk with God and his ministry was abandoned because of an affection, a love for the things of the world. Desertion is a strong word. But Paul said, Demas deserted me. He turned his back. He left. He quit. He abandoned his ministry. He abandoned his responsibilities. He walked away from friends. Paul said he's a deserter. This message today may be slow, but God is going to talk to somebody. Can I preach to you the only reason that is given in Scripture as to why Demas did the unimaginable, the unthinkable, the horrific. He loved this world. It's dangerous to fall in love with the world. The scripture tells us what's in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And no doubt Demas fell victim to not just one, but all three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Can I remind us today that backsliding is a terrible thing. What is a backslider? It's someone who ceases to go forward. It's someone that has lost spiritual momentum. Can I just remind us today that this is no day to not only not turn back. This is no time to lose spiritual momentum. This is no time to go backwards. If anything, it should be full speed ahead. If anything, there ought to be a spiritual momentum that is driving us and pushing us. A force that maybe we cannot see, but we can feel a spiritual force that is catapulting us forward in the new seasons of victory and triumph. My Bible says it's from glory to glory. From faith to faith. From victory to victory. And if it's anything less than that, it's backsliding. Can I preach to you about the prodigal son? Can I remind you that he was wrong to leave the way that he did? It's hard for this preacher to defend his actions. The young man is full of rebellion. In fact, I am convinced he is full of himself. It's all about what I want. It's all about me, myself, and I. Sound familiar? And here is a young man that is so full of himself. He didn't consider the feelings of anybody else. He didn't consider the feelings of his father when he came to his father demanding that he give him his inheritance. 
Now I want to point out today, according to Jewish culture of that time, when he began to demand his inheritance early, it was like he was saying to his father, I wished you would die. Or I wished you were dead. His actions toward his father was highly unconventional. And I believe it was a personal insult. Most Jewish fathers of that day would have been offended. They would have been appalled by the rebellion and the arrogance of a son who came demanding. Sons should never demand anything of fathers. There is a place for everybody and a position and a man, a young man, a child that demands instead of ask is out of their place. Well, I wish somebody would help me preach today. It's a sad day when parents ask their children rather than children ask their parents. It's a sad day when children demand of their parents certain things. It used to be the other way around. When we got out of place, when we got out of order, they got a hold of you know what and put it you know where. But everything is different today. And here is a young man that's out of his place. Here is a young man that is arrogant, self-centered, full of rebellion. He has crossed the line. And in that time, most would have been excommunicated from the family, disinherited or even stoned according to ancient Jewish culture. In the Old Testament, that was the case. Can I remind us today that leaving was not the problem. There's nothing wrong with a young man leaving home right. After all, he's now a young man. He is an adult, but it's how and why he left. Everything about it is wrong. He's demanding. He's disrespectful toward a father that has sheltered him and clothed him and provided for him and loved him. And yet he shows no respect for his family heritage. He's determined to do things his way. Sound familiar? He thinks if I can just get out of this house, I can do my own thing. And once I am gone, I don't have to answer to anyone except myself. He won't listen to reason. He won't listen to father advice. He won't give an ear to sound doctrine, if you will. His mind is made up. He is leaving. It's a decision, however, that this young man is going to live to regret. He starts out, I believe, with promise. He starts out, I suppose, in a blaze of glory. He's young. He's energetic. He's full of life. He's full of hope. He's full of aspirations and dreams. However, bad choices and poor judgment on his part will cost him almost everything. Never forget that a wrong carries a stiff penalty. Can I preach to you? It's not being politically correct, but we're not running for office. Amen. This is not the White House or the governor's mansion. I preach to you from an apostolic pulpit today that wrong is wrong even when everybody else says it's right. And right is still right even if everybody tries to convince you it's wrong. And wrong always, I say without exception, will carry a stiff penalty. There are no consequences for actions rendered. 
Or there are consequences for actions that is rendered. If you make a bad decision, somewhere down the line, somewhere in your future, it's going to come back to bite you. You can't do wrong and hope everything's right. Nothing ever good comes from doing wrong. Oh, it may be delayed, the outcome, the consequence, the penalty. But I can assure you at some point in your life, it will meet you head on. It will blow up in your face. There are people today that's having to deal and manage and cope and tolerate with situations because of choices you made years ago. Because of the decision you made a long time ago. You are now reaping the whirlwind because if you sow to the wind you're going to reap the whirlwind you're going to reap what you sow you can't make bad choices in life and not pay a price for it and there not be a penalty invoked against you nothing good comes from doing wrong and here is a young man who travels the Bible says to a far country, bad choices and wrong decisions will always carry you away from the Father's house. It will put a distance between you and where you ought to be. It will always carry you further and further away from God. And the thing about this young man, the scripture says that he is wasteful, he's extravagant. With him there is a pattern and with most people there is. I know to some degree you can judge tomorrow by yesterday because old habits are hard to break. It's hard for people to change. But I want to preach to you today that while I started out talking about Demas who went started out good and ended up bad. My message today is the opposite. It is the reversal. I want to preach to you about starting out wrong but ending up right. Is there anybody in this church service today who believes that there is a chance, there is a possibility, even though you've got a past, even though you've got memories of bad mistakes and false moves, you started out wrong, but oh, because of mercy, because of grace, because of salvation, there's an opportunity for you to end up right. This is the epitome. This is a perfect example of someone who started out all wrong. I mean, it's not minor infractions. It's not something to sneeze at. I mean, it's just a series of one bad mistakes after another. One lousy choice after another. It was wrong. One wrong after another. The company he chooses to keep was wrong. The place where he decided to go was wrong. The bad habits that he's now picked up after he's left the father's house is wrong. Honey, if you walk away from church, you can be sure there's some stuff you're going to pick up out there. You're not going to remain calm and cool and collect and debonair. And you're not going to pick up some bad habits and start using words you never thought you would use before. I'm preaching to you when you try to straddle the fence and you try to get away from the Father's house. And you want to get away from truth and sound doctrine and holiness standards and separation from the world. And an Acts 2.38 experience. I got news 
news for you when you walk away from this. You're going to pick up some stuff that you used to disdain. You can't leave the Father's house and remain the same. You're going to pick up stuff that's going to eventually destroy you and separate you from the common worth of God. Oh, lift your hands and ask God, help me today. I know I'm preaching to us. He picked up a lot of bad habits. And here's another thing. He squandered. He wasted his inheritance with foolish living. Amen? Foolish living is still wrong. And now because of the choices he's made in life, he's destitute. He's broke. Did you know the very word prodigal means waster? One who wastes gifts and resources? That's why prodigals are miserable. That's why prodigals are critical. That's why prodigals are broken. A backslider is a wounded spirit. I've got backsliders in my family like you. And they're wounded. They're critical. They blame everyone else. They won't take responsibility, accountability. It's about everybody else's shortcomings and flaws and fallacies and imperfections. Prodigal son was a waster to waste the gifts that God has given. The Bible says we're made partakers of a heavenly gift, made to sit in a heavenly place. Prodigals that walk away from the Father's house waste all of that. And now he's broke, he's busted, he's a broken down soul, he's wounded. He's hungry. He's in a far country. Let me preach that the far country is not measured by distance. Anywhere a person is away from God is a far country. When you're not right with God, that's a far country. Can I preach to you today, whoever you may be, you don't belong there. You don't belong in a far country. You belong at the Father's house. You belong sitting at His table. You belong there. It's your rightful inheritance. It's your rightful place. It's where you belong. You don't belong out there. You don't belong numbered among the unrighteous. You belong here. This is your inheritance. It ought to be your destiny. It's God's plan and purpose for your life. Prodigals are wasters. Don't waste the time that God has given you to get it right. I know you may have started out wrong, but you can still turn it around. And it can end right. It can end with joy. It can end with victory. It can end with deliverance. You can talk in tongues. You can run the aisles again. You can experience great joy in your life again. The far country is not where he belongs. He's a fish out of water, if you will. 
He's out of place. He doesn't fit in there. He's having a hard time coping. I've watched backsliders backslide and and they start trying to dibble and dabble. And they take it to the extreme. Amen? You watch backsliders and things they used to not do, they start doing and and they have a hard time doing that right. Because they're not used to doing it. But it don't take them long to learn and catch up. In fact, when they catch up, they go to the extreme. People of the world that's never tasted of this, that's never been in this, they have some limits sometimes. They have some morals. But I've watched the prodigals of my generation. They go so far away from the Father, so far away from what's right, that they have no limits. There are no boundaries. There's nothing they won't do. There's nobody they won't sleep with. Hello? There's nothing they won't do. Amen? They don't just have a little social drink. They drink till they're out of their mind. They shoot up until they're out of their mind. They go further and further and further away. You say, why are you preaching this today? You may be in the Father's house, but somebody is looking into the far country. But I'm here to tell you there's bankruptcy there. There's a divorce there. There's a broken marriage there. There's sickness there. There's destitution there. There's sorrow there. Can I preach to you there's nothing out there for a soul that's once known God. No peace nor pleasure can be found. There's nothing but heartache and disappointment. I've come to preach today a contradiction and tell somebody that has started out wrong. And the devil's convinced you you're always going to be wrong. And you're always going to make the wrong choice. And you're always going to get involved with the wrong people. I've come with a strong contradiction to tell you you may have started started out wrong but you can still end up right God can turn you around and give you purpose give you a plan give you a peace of mind our country I've watched backsliders I hope I'm not judged for this but this is an apostolic church I can pick them out in a crowd because they don't have on just a little makeup. But like they got pancake mix. They go to the extreme. They don't just clip, clip, clip. They cut it all off. Amen? Not just a little ring here, but you'll have them on, they'll have them on every finger. Am I out in left field today? Because that spirit in the far country is never satisfied until you're in the pig pen starving and you're running out of options but I come to preach to you that young man had a coming to Jesus moment and you can have a coming to Jesus moment too you don't have to wait till you're naked stripped destitute sick despaired But I'm here to tell you before you make another wrong decision, before you go another day in the wrong direction, you can turn around and God can make all things new. You started out wrong, but you can end up right. Oh, let's pray right now, Jesus.
You're talking to somebody. I'm around worldly people sometimes, and I never hardly hear them use a, a bad word. But I get around backsliders sometimes, and every other word's a curse word. That ought to tell you right now that in the far country... It keeps you held hostage and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. It'll take you further than you really want. You'll become something you don't recognize. I never thought I would be here. I never thought I would do that. I never thought I would think that way. I never thought I would act that way. I never thought I would say those kind of things. For our country is a land of brokenness. It's a place of spiritual poverty. It will cost you much. Can I preach to you that the far country is a place where you will never win if you stay there. You will always lose there. You'll always be at a disadvantage there. You'll always be confused there. You'll always be destitute there. See, the far country, it takes everything from you and it will leave you with nothing. I said nothing but memories and regrets. Memories of how it used to be at the Father's house. All the joy I used to have. The walk with God I used to experience. Oh, how I love Wednesday night Bible study. Oh, how I love revivals. Oh, how I love to hear them sing and shout. And oh, how I love to just join in. and work. Oh, memories of what it used to be and how it used to be around the Father's house. Regrets. It'll leave you with regret after regret. Regrets of what it could have been. Regrets of what it should have been. The far country will take you further than you want to go. I've said it. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And ultimately it will cost you more than you want to pay. It's not enough to have secondhand religion. Lot had secondhand religion. He followed Abraham, but Abraham followed God. And he made a bad choice. He pitched his tents. You think that's the first time he thought about that? The well-watered plains of Jordan. Pitched his tents toward beyond Jordan was Sodom and Gomorrah. But he didn't stop at Jordan, the well-watered plains. Once he got there, he wasn't satisfied. The allurement, the bright lights, the appeal, the enticement. Oh, the energy that's there. Oh, something about the nightlife. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You're one thing in the daytime, but you become, oh, you become something else at night. You think you got your husband food. Oh, God, help me now, Jesus. You're going to have to help me or I'm going to get shot up here you think you got your wife food you think you got your kids food but I'm preaching to you you're headed toward the well water plains and then beyond a place of Sodom and Gomorrah you're headed to a far country but I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost I believe God has set this service up today I'm nobody but I've come to preach to somebody that God has sent me with a word for you to tell you if you think it's bad now you just wait but there is a power 
positive that I would like to incorporate into the negative and tell you it doesn't matter how wrong it has been up until now from this day forward there can be a turnaround things can be on the upswing things can move in a positive direction from this moment forward it can begin to trend toward the father's house and it can end well Far country. Whew. You don't want to go there. Now I'm going to, I, I know I've announced my subject. Starting wrong, ending right. But the bottom line, everybody don't make a turnaround. Everybody doesn't get it together. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. I've seen people get bitter in the pig pen. And never repent. And never experience a spiritual recovery. They go from bad to worse. Amen? And they become hardened, calloused, indifferent, and sensitive. It doesn't matter. They won't listen to reason there in the pig pen because it's everybody else's fault. It's your fault I'm here. It's your fault I can't get out of this. That's what happens. That's, that's the rest when you go to the far country. Not everybody makes it back. But I, that's all I'm going to say about that because I've come with a positive to tell somebody because I believe the Holy Ghost spoke to me to say in prayer, you remind somebody that it's not too little too late. There's somebody that is going to have a coming to Jesus moment. There is going to be a wake-up call just like what happened to this prodigal. Amen? And it wants to hold him, but it's going to have to let him go. Amen? See, let me just preach it this way. The prodigal sons represent all who are going in a wrong direction. Moving further and further away from truth. Moving further and further away from what's right. When you walk away from the father's house, you'll start entertaining a religious spirit. That'll tell you, I don't really know if this Acts 238 is the only plan of salvation. I don't even know if it's necessary. You know, I just don't, I can't, just can't wrap my mind around the possibility that good people are going to be lost. People that, that go to church, that pray, that, that, that accept Christ and invite Him into their heart and they change their way of living. I, I, I just got to believe, uh, you know, there, there's another way and, and we're just dogmatic and, and we're radical. See, when you walk away from truth, uh, you open yourself up to every wind of doctrine that is blowing in society and in the religious world. And the next thing you know, you'll back away from this and you'll change your... You think a person walks away overnight, a person backslides overnight, overnight I don't think so a little here and a little there and you begin to change your mind and your personality changes and your perception changes but I'm here to tell you the only safe place is at the father's house because when you walk away from this the only direction is downhill further and further away into an abyss of devastation and despair and spiritual ruin I preach to you the Bible says that Samson went down to Timnath and there he saw the daughters of the Philistines. I'm here to tell you he got 
got in trouble when he went down. This is no time to go down to the far country. This is no time to go down to the pig pen. This is no time to get on that road of false doctrine and a religious spirit that says everybody's okay just as long as we believe something. Some of this is not in my notes, but the Holy Ghost wants me to preach it today. I'm telling you right now, you'll be surprised what you will become. You'll lose your strength. You'll lose your conviction. Hello? Start changing your mind and and messing with your convictions. And it doesn't just stop with one thing. It doesn't just stop with standards and the dress code. The next thing, you'll change your mind about baptism. And it doesn't stop there. Then you'll change your mind about the Holy Ghost. Because there is a religious group that believes when they are baptized, they automatically receive the Spirit. When you confess your sins and you say, I accept the Lord as my personal the Savior and you say you know I'm inviting him into my heart to be Lord of all. They believe at that moment you are spirit filled but I can't find that in the book. Y'all getting mighty quiet on me. I know we got a mixed multitude and we've got visitors and I'm not here to insult anybody but I'm here to preach to you that I believe I'm talking to a lot of folks that really know what is right and because you've married out of the faith you have been influenced to believe there's another way besides this way but I pray nobody's told me what to preach but I'm telling you right now the only hope you have for your marriage and the only hope you have for your family and the only hope you have for your children is to get back in this all full force 100% or it's not going to last the good times will never last in a far country Lord, help me. Stay in the Father's house. Had a man to tell me one time. He said, I know you're a preacher. He said, I want you to pray for me. He said, I got a bad habit. He's talking to me. He said, I got this bad habit. I didn't ask him what the bad habit was. He volunteered the information. He said, he got a nicotine habit, he said. He said, I got a problem with smoking. So I started smoking as a child. He said, I just can't, I can't, can't beat it. I can't get victory over it. He said, I want you to, I want you to pray for me. That the Lord will help me. You know what he told me? Here's a man with a habit. He said, and I looked at him, I said, and being the comedian that I am, where's Sister Moore? I said, well, I never have inhaled. I don't know about Hillary, but I did not inhale. And I don't know that woman. I said, I've never inhaled a cigarette in my life. He said, you ought to, here's, here's the man. He said, you ought to get on your knees every day. And thank God you never started. Because you can't stop something you've never started. You don't struggle with something you've never started. God's trying to save somebody from a future harassment, a future abuse, a future disappointment, a future failure, a future entanglement. 
You think you're bound now? There's some chains in the far country that the enemy's getting ready to wrap around you and you don't know if you'll ever be able to break free. But today there's hope. You may have started out wrong, but you can still end up right. You can end up on his side with his favor, with his blessings. Sin is the wrong turn that leads down a dead end street. Anytime you stray away from God to do your own thing, that's when you become a prodigal. The prodigal son strayed away from his father's love and everything and everyone that made him feel a part of the family. He doesn't belong in the far country. It was wrong. Yes, it was wrong for him to journey there. He's away from those who love him. But he has a wake-up call. Of all places, he is feeding swine. He's in a pig pen. And you got to understand Jews have no dealings with pigs. They consider them unclean. And now he's doing something he thought he never would. He's becoming something that he never thought he would become. The far country has that type of effect on a person. It will reduce you to something you do not even recognize anymore. It will turn you into something you never thought possible. I was preaching in the state of Georgia one Sunday morning and sitting over to my right was a nice couple. I watched that service as they lifted their hands and and they got into the singing and they got into the worship and they got into the music. They got into the preaching. And after that service, nobody would have... I mean, the way they were just responding and interacting, having good church. In less than three hours after they go home, he takes a pistol and shoots his wife. Don't tell me that the the pull and the allurement of another place, another time, another situation does not. That may be the radical, the extreme, but I'm preaching right now that the pull of the far country is already working on some. There's people in this house that have traveled that road and it's not easy to find your way back. You're still scratching and clawing, trying to make sense of everything going on in your life and you're trying to get back to where you used to be and if you could preach today you'd tell some folks in here you'd tell some adults some older people and some young people don't make the mistake that I made don't do what I did I wouldn't listen I turned a deaf ear I wanted to do my own thing we've sugar coated it long enough I think you got enough sense about you that can feel my spirit. I don't have a fighting spirit, a mean, hateful spirit. I preach it with love and compassion. I tried to talk myself out of this and preach something else. Can't do it. Because I'm not my own. I surrendered a long time ago. I got to preach what God wants me to preach. Amen. And here's a young man. He never thought in a million years he would end up where he is. He's hungry. He's starving to death. How many knows what hog slop looks like? Oh, I know they feed them fancy stuff now. Some 
But when I was growing up, you just mixed a little of this and a little bit. It like bean soup. Let me tell you about the nature of a pig. It doesn't know the difference between bean soup and shoe leather. You stick your foot in the trough. You might be missing it if you pull your leg back. That nature of that pig. They'll eat anything. They'll root. They'll eat snakes. They'll eat all kind of varmints. Insects. I've seen them eat dirt. Just, 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 just never satisfied. Just, just in their DNA, their nature. I've looked at hot slop that looked like upchuck. Hello? Never been that. Been hungry. Been on some fast. Starving to death. We can miss a meal or two or miss a day. I'm starving to death. My God. America, we don't know what starvation is. He's starving. How do you know? For the first time, something that was deplorable and wretched, repulsive, repugnant, went against everything in him, started to look good. That's how far he has fallen. How do you know when you're falling? How do you know when you're in a free fall? It's when the wrong thing starts to look good. And starts to look okay. And starts to look right. That ought to be a wake up call. That something is out of kelter. Something in my spirit is out of balance. Oh God help me. Because the flesh has an appetite for the accursed things. The flesh has an appetite for the wrong. He starts. He's tempted. He almost decided to eat. What the pigs were eating. He has been reduced to that type of creature. That type of spirit. That type of nature. Hello. It's in fallen humanity's nature. To do the deplorable. See you don't have to grow up and learn how to sin. It's in your nature. We're born in sin. We're born with a sinful nature. Amen. That's why you have to be born again. I know you didn't come to hear this on Mother's Day. But I'm preaching to somebody. You can still end right. He's tempted. It looks good. But he gets to thinking. Mm. His mind journeys to another place. His mind journeys to home. There is no place like home. Your attitude ought to be, there is no place like this place. There's no church like my church. Amen? The prodigal son starts to think, I would be better as just a servant if I was home. He's remorseful. He's repenting. And see, all of that's right. He's already, don't even realize it, he's already starting to make the turn. He's been going in the wrong direction all this time. But just when he starts to think about how it used to be and the way it might can still be, he doesn't even realize 
that he's already starting to leave some stuff behind. He's already making the turn. He's already getting ready to point in the right direction. Up until now, it's all been just wrong, wrong, wrong. But now, his mind is in another place. And it's totally the opposite direction of where he is now. But now, he's moving in that direction. And everything is about to end right for him. It is important how you start, but it's more important how you finish. See, and I'm closing, but the prodigal son is a story of redemption. It is a story of discovery, self-discovery. And it's also a story of recovery. Churchill said it best when he said success is not final and failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. They may have pushed you down. They may have considered you a lost cause, problematic, dysfunctional. Everything that you get around blows up. Everything you infect and contaminate and it's drama and it's chaos and pandemonium. They may talk bad about you and that may be true to a degree but I've come to preach to you in closing that you may have started out wrong and there may be a long list of wrong in your life but because of mercy because of grace because of the Holy Ghost you can still turn it around and end up right come on musicians the Bible gives hope today he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He refused to allow his mistakes, as egregious as they may have been, to define him. You don't have to let your past define you. No wonder the Bible says it. If there's one scripture that really gives clarity, shines Revelation and light on this message today is that scripture that says better is the end of a matter than the beginning. It can be that way for one and all. Your life may be filled with one wrong after another, one regret after another, but it ain't over. There's still time to make it right. That's why Micah says, when I fall, I shall arise. He said, I'm getting back up and I'm moving forward in God. And tomorrow is going to be better than today. I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. Where you have been, hear me in closing, does not have to mirror where you have been. Or where you are going. Or where you have been. Doesn't have to reflect doesn't have to convince you that it's always going to be that way. Because where you've been doesn't have to mirror where you can go from this moment forward. Failure doesn't have to be final. And it doesn't have to be fatal. There is still time to get it right. How many is in here still trying to get some stuff right? Oh yeah. Woo. What are you preaching? You may have started wrong. You can end right. You can have a happy storybook ending of your life.
I do believe what I'm preaching today. That your present situation does not have to be your final destination. Believe that. Where you are in life right now doesn't have to be where the story ends. What could have been or should have been can still be. I am convinced we talk about the past, but the past is a place. It should never be considered a residence. I'm not there. The mistakes, you can move from it. I'm not that anymore. How many remembers when the Lord filled you with His Spirit? Oh, the joy that just washed over you, the peace. The presence of God. I preach today. The, cl- the past has no power. Over this present moment. Let's all stand. You can have. A right ending. Woo. As a writer. People that write. You know. Whether it's type or iPad or whatever, technology, or if it's just handwriting, they'll write things down and read, I'll wad it up, throw it. That's not how I want that to go. That's not the way I want that story to end. You still have power. You still have something to say, something to do about your ending. Woo! Amen. That's why if there's a will, and I've preached it before, if there's a will, God will make a way. But we have to put forth the effort. And I'm not, I'm not on a nicotine kick today. Talking bad about people that smoke and all that. But, but it just come to my mind, my father-in-law smoked for 40 years. I don't think it's an accident why... This is coming to me because somebody's battling it. He said, well, this is my business. Well, I understand that, but you're not happy about it. And, and, and your unhappiness makes it everybody else's business. Because I need to quit this. And, 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 and that's just one little thing. But anyway, he, he said he had three cigarettes left. And he driving down the road. And he said, I'm going to smoke these last three and I'm going to quit. And he said, I got to thinking. No, if you're going to quit, just quit. He said, so I wadded up that pack of cigarettes and throwed it out the window. And he said, I quit cold turkey. And I've been preaching here long enough. No, I don't, y'all know me. I don't usually name things like cigarettes and stuff like that. You probably do, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. See, we, we want to just, preacher to just beat all around the bush, all around the merry-go-round the bullseye address things and I know there's a lot of other things and there's bad habits and and I know I know some of you that have those kind of habits saying yeah what about this here now you hush <laughs> oh you want to preach okay this ain't a good time to maybe a good time to talk about cigarettes 
But ain't a good time to be talking about food. Because we know what we all going to do. Just be sensible. Well, that's none of my business on that part. But, but my point is this. There's not but one way to turn it around. It's just do it. Hello? How many knows what America's favorite diet is? Diet. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is America's favorite diet. Tomorrow. I'm going on a diet. Tomorrow, I'm going to make some adjustments. Tomorrow, I'm going to lose some weight. Tomorrow, I'm going to get my act together. Tomorrow, you're going to act right. Tomorrow. Hello? It's time to look in the mirror like the prodigal and said, I'm here because of you. I'm not worthy to be a son. I just go home, ask Father to forgive me, and just put me in the workplace. Just, just use me as a servant. I don't have to come into your home, sit at your table. But I, I wrote this down. When he gets home, and you know the story, the Bible says the prodigal son said, the father of the prodigal said, said it best. He said, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now found. What he was admitting, my son started wrong, but he ended right. And it says, they began to be merry. The father and the son are rejoicing and celebrating a new beginning together. Lift your voice right now all over this house. Thank you for grace because without your grace, none of us would be here. Without your mercy, we don't want to come across and paint a picture that, oh, we're perfect. We're infallible. We're without flaw. That's not the case. There is no perfect world. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect person. But God is saying, it's time to return to the Father's house. Every eye closed, the church praying. Does anybody feel the need to talk to Jesus on this Sunday morning? If something is bothering you, if something is beginning to catch your eye, your attention, consume your thoughts, control your emotions, I've come to tell you it's time to get as close to the Father as we can. Starting out wrong. My God, I feel a celebration. Because somebody is going to end upright. Recovery is on the way. Restoration is coming. Renewal. Mercy and forgiveness. Your presence came and changed Oh, how 
sweet presence, oh God. I I'm not going back. Oh, you see, I'm standing upon a solid rock. Delivered. Oh, I found God's joy. I found sweet peace. Oh, His mighty grace. Oh, and His favor. It's 
give a good hand clap unto the Lord this morning you glad you got a better place you can go to a better place you can turn to amen a, be a better diet that you can eat from amen than the hogs pen Lord bless you you may be seated